Hello. Welcome back to the Healthcare Disruption Podcast. I'm Hello, this is Jerry Durham, and I want to welcome you to the front desk series of the Healthcare Disruption Podcast. I've always said that people are the true disruption in healthcare. The front desk people are a huge part of this. Thanks for listening. For those of you watching, you're experiencing a first here on the Healthcare Disruption Podcast, episode 35, is I'm going to start dropping these down into YouTube with the video. So as I like to see, you'll get to as I like to say and see, you'll get to see the sausage being made. It's not always pretty people. But uh, for those of you who like the visual or like the YouTube side of things, um, I'll now be dropping them down there with probably the subtitles too. So it's just me recording and they'll be there. So now more places for you to find the podcast. Uh, You can find my podcast audio on my website, jerrydurhampt.com forward slash podcast episode 15 through the most current, which will be 35 or there. And then um, you can also go to SoundCloud under healthcare disruption. And you can go to uh, iTunes also. The first 15 podcasts are under healthcare disruption. All right. So those are all the places where you can find the podcast. Again, this is number six in the front desk series, episode 35. And as God is my witness, I say this every time, people, this will be a short one. And I'm going to tell you why this is going to be a short one. Episode five in the front desk series, um, which was uh, number 34 of the Healthcare Disruption Podcast, was my interview with Tina, who is on Twitter. She's at Living Well Pain, and she also has a blog called Living Well Pain. Pain.net. And Tina is a person who has been a patient of physio and physical therapy, as we like to call it over here in the past. And Tina is in the UK. And um, again, if you haven't listened to number five, this is the first time I've ever going to say this, turn this thing off and go back and listen to number five. And when you get to the end of this, I'm going to tell you to turn this off and go back and listen to number five again. I have listened. I've now... S- did the interview, took about two pages of notes. Did a re-listen, took another two to three pages worth of notes. Every time I listen to that, I end up stopping and replaying and taking more notes. The information in there is incredibly valuable. It is incredible, incredibly valuable to you, the provider, you, the business owner, you, a front desk person, you, a clinical manager, you, a non-provider the information is just gold in there and it all comes, you know, it's about 50 minutes long. The context is her story. That's all it is. Yeah. What I did was I kept trying to go down a path to dig a little deeper into what she was sharing. Because let me tell you this without knowing her with interacting with Tina, very little on Twitter. She's exactly why I love having people who are or have been patients on this show called Healthcare Disruption Podcast. And she fits perfectly in with the front desk series. If you listen to it, you'll, you'll understand why. When she shares her journey, unprompted, unsolicited, she talks about many, many components that you and I, after 25 years, have never been considered in taking care of a patient. And this is my thing with rehashing. And all I'm going to do today is go back through lesson five, give you some of my takeaways where I think it fits best in the front desk series. And then you're going to go back and listen to. So again, this will be a short episode.
again, what she did unprompted, uncoached and everything is she shared her journey and she actually used that term that her time from injury until now was a journey. And she said, it's a journey. And I wrote that down and that's part of my notes for today. And so there was so much in there for the providers. So if you're going there as a provider and just want information on how better to help people when they come in your clinic. And by the way, it's not a fucking pain podcast. It is a podcast about a person who has, who has gone through physio and has information to share. Hold on one second. For those of you watching, you had to hear me and watch me yell at my dog. For those of you listening, you just got some dead air. So it is her journey into physio, with physio, after physio, and her continued journey with her problem, I'll just call it that, that she sought out physio for in the first place. And there is so much value in there. Again, because she shares about different things that would have made her life easier. She shares with, this is interesting as heck, and, and here's, here's a take home right now, and I want you to pick this up. It doesn't happen until probably 40 minutes in, 45 minutes in, and I didn't realize it. She shares her story about seeing a physio in a practice. That wasn't the right fit for her at the time, low back pain. She therein shares how she moved on to another physio, Matt Lowe, who was the right fit. Well, then later she goes on to share how she saw a physio for a shoulder impingement problem. And actually, the right fit for her was the first practice. So there was so much for me to unpackage from that story. I love that unpack. People hate that. I love it. There was so much to unpack from that story of how a physio who, who served and did a great job with her shoulder impingement wasn't the right fit when she had low back pain and need to be managed, and I'm doing the quote saying with my finger, in a different manner. Which anybody who's ever listened to 1, 2, 10, 30 of my podcasts know one of the powers, and here we go, and one of the roles of the front desk is to help screen for people who are the right fit for your practice. So that part was interesting as heck, and I didn't know that part of her story until we jumped into the interview. The fact that she saw a physio who was the right fit for her shoulder and then later came back to for her um, low back pain issue was not the right fit, and she shouldn't have been scheduled. And we go down that path, and I don't make her say she shouldn't have been scheduled or not. I just ask her a lot of clarifying questions. And then we try to go back and figure out how could we have made this journey simpler and easier for her. So we don't say it would have been simpler and easier. I say, do you think these things could have made it simpler or easier? And it's taking a lot of what I've talked about in the previous 34 episodes and talk about incessantly on my Facebook lives is, is making this patient's journey easier. And step number one, I couldn't believe she said this thing, it's a journey. Step number one is to understand your patient's journey within your practice is step number one, right? The patient life cycle, the customer life cycle, the client life cycle. Until you understand that journey, you will never be able to best serve the people who come seek service from you. It's a journey. 
you must understand that cycle first. You can't, I'm going to talk about some solutions here for some of the things you said. If you only take those solutions and implement them into your practice, you will only make minuscule change. If you take that same solution and put it into a system where you understand their journey in your practice, you will make incredibly huge change with the same exact system. So what most people will do, maybe hear some of these things, they'll take them back into their practice, they won't make a change, and they say, eh, it didn't help. And I'll say, it didn't help because you don't understand your patient's journey within your practice. Until you understand your patient's journey, you will never truly be successful in helping people in your community who can best be served by what you bring to the community. That has to be step one. Once you do that, you start to insert the systems into the experience you wanna create. And if part of that is making sure people in your community get to the right place, then you're gonna to have to map out that life cycle. I've dealt with this situation separate than the podcast three times in the last two days. People, under, people asking me, friend does people, how do I manage these people? They don't appear to be the right fit. And I'm like, good for you for recognizing that because you're going to waste their time, money, and energy. And we go through this in podcast number five from this series with Tina. We waste the patient's time, money, and energy. And we also waste the provider's time, money, and energy. And we waste the business's time, money, and energy by not understanding how is this a journey? Where, who is the best fit? Who can we put into this, right? Who can we put on this ride, this carousel that is a journey in our practice? Who can we put on the ride who will enjoy the ride the most? Who will best be served by this ride? And who of those should we say, you know what? Not the best ride for you. I have other rides for you that will better serve you based on what you told me. So that was a big one. It's a journey and it just comes back and doubles back with so many different things. Um, I've got some notes here, so if you're watching now, you're going to see me looking at my notes. Where if you're just listening, you wouldn't know. You'd think I was just smart and was just going off the top of my head. Here was some, these are direct quotes. So this term patient skills, it comes up about 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in, and then I just keep diving deeper and deeper into patient skills. She brought this term, term up. And she, Tina, when I say she, I mean Tina. Um, Tina stated during the podcast that she wished she knew how to manage my situation better. So she said, how to manage my situation. She didn't even say it better. She just said, how to manage my situation. And what she meant was she wanted the skills and she has called these patient skills. And I love this. And she says she wishes she would get the skills to get the best out of my care. And she wanted those skills earlier in her journey. Now I'm starting to paraphrase and put pieces together. Go back and listen to the podcast and comment and let me know if this is not the way you heard it. And again, I've clarified with her. So th this is the way it comes together. I, want, I wanted the skills to get the best out of my care. And then I asked her about earlier and she shared with me, she got a letter, you'll hear about this. She says, yes, this letter told me I was getting physiotherapy. So fucking what? 
It told her her physio's name. Cool. She could have called and asked for more information if the letter would have said, call for more information. See, the point here with these patient skills is we need to enable these people who are seeking out physical therapy. We need to give them checklists and the right questions to be asking of us and their physio. This is where the front desk comes in so perfectly. This is where your front desk needs to be getting their story and clarifying about their story and what their needs and wants are and what they expect from physio. This is also an opportunity, and we went through this in the podcast, for a time and a point where the front desk says, you know what, Tina, I hear what you're saying, and I can't answer this for you, yet I can put you on the phone with Matt, let's just say, with Matt, Dr. Matt Lowe, your physiotherapist, prior to your appointment, and he can answer some of these questions for you and give you a little more clarity. And I asked her if she thought that would work, and she, she emphatically said yes. Because what she was looking for in the letter, I asked her for some clarification on this letter she received that told her she had a physio appointment with this physiotherapist, Dr. Matt Lowe, and that's all it told her. She said, well, what could it have done? She said some links to a video telling her what to expect, telling her the questions she should ask. This is, this is incredible to me. The questions she could ask, I will guarantee you there's no physiotherapy company in America telling the new patients going on the schedule, these are the things you should ask of your physiotherapist. And there should be a checklist. Because I know people, when they get asked specifics, oh, ask your physio that. But we should be, we should be bringing those questions forward without the patient asking. We should be empowering them with Tina's words, the patient skills that they need to get the most and best out of their care. Oh, that's beautiful. Run that back. Run that back. Right? So she said a video, a website, some links to information about what she should expect from physical therapy. The question she should ask her physio. Again, I'm going to beat that like a dead horse. I'm going to argue also that some clinics don't want that. <clears throat> because the best questions for your patients ask the physios may actually, and we go into this discussion, may determine that that physio is not the right fit for her during the evaluation. And then there's a mutual agreement when this works properly is that we will get her referred out to the right place. Think about that for a second. We talk about that very late in podcast number five. Front desk series number five. That it is the front desk responsibility the provider responsibility at each different steps of the way, because think about the patient life cycle. Think about the phases of the patient life cycle that I've gone over. So the first screening point is the front desk. They have a responsibility to ask questions and get more information, all right? Then we have a responsibility to empower, uh, Tina like this word a lot, to empower the patient, right? To give them the skills to get the most out of their care so that when they get in the room with the physio, the patient and the physio can determine if they're in the right place. That is something that we do not do in America, my friends. And I'm not sure if they do it in the UK. Are you comfortable enough, and you've heard me preach this, not every patient who calls your clinic is the best fit for your clinic. So have you empowered your front desk and your physios 
to understand that and give them the tools to get these people to the right place. And I'm gonna save the patient skills. She even called this, I got a bunch of quotes on here from the uh, podcast. She even called this, the, her, the patient skills could be defined as how do I behave as a patient? Hers words, not mine. And listen to the podcast because she understands the implication of using that from the provider side. Then it becomes this one up, one down. We're smarter than you. I'm going to tell you how to behave. And she said, that's not what she's talking about. She needed to know how to behave as a patient. She needed to be told the skills, the questions right? What her responsibility was going to be, right? How do I manage my situation? I want the skills to get the best out of my care. Her words exactly. Right? So then at the end of that podcast, then we got to that point of, you know, really where I felt we really wrapped it up well. And, you know, I said, we always talk about enabling providers to practice at the top of their license. And my takeaway was from when we give patients these skills, when we help them understand how do they behave as a patient, we actually allow the patient to operate at the top of their skills, which ultimately is going to make your life easier as a provider, is going to make your life easier as a practice owner which will mean that, no, you are not the right fit for every single person who calls your clinic. Sorry, yeah, for every single person. You're not the right fit for 100% of the people. Wait, is that coming out right? I think I'm saying it backwards. It means that there are people that call your clinic that will be need to be referred out. It means your physios will evaluate people who will need to refer out. Because if we give them all the skills, we have to respect if we gave them all the best skills, and we say this again, that maybe visit one, two, three, I would say roughly within two or three visits, we should know. The patient may look and say, you know what? This isn't the right place for me. Or the physio may say, you know what? Right, we work this forward. And yet the plan going forward for a situation like this is someone would know they are empowered to say no more. They would also know that the physical therapist or physiotherapist was empowered by them to say, you're not in the right place. No egos hurt, no feelings hurt. It's going to save everybody the time, money, and energy to get you to the right place sooner. This was some pretty powerful, pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. And again, I, I just saw a quote. She said, I could also make a judgment if the physio was the right fit for me, if she had the right skills, if she knew what to expect, she knew what a course of care should look like, she could make that judgment. If you think about that, that's self-efficacy. On day one, someone should say, don't need you anymore. I need to find someone else. To me, that's, that's a deeper definition of self-efficacy. So how do we empower those people to have that conversation? We'll get at some other notes here. This is pretty freaking powerful too. And you'll hear her say this in um, front desk series number five. She feels like she lost two to four years by not having the right physio who matched her journey that she was on. 
I think about that as we go to the end of the day and we complain about our non-compliant patients. I think it's not in the right place. Is that a reflection of you? Maybe not. Is that a reflection of them? Maybe not. Is it a reflection of one or the other? Maybe not. Is it a reflection of both? Probably so. His boundaries weren't set. Rules weren't set. Again, those patient skills, they weren't told that they're, this is how the journey should go and this is how you should question me before they even arrive to see you. Again, we're back to the front desk. A letter, a video, a link telling them about the patient skills required for them to be a participant and an equal partner in their rehab with ABC physiotherapy. She doesn't say any of this thing in spite, and she says that many times over. She doesn't, she doesn't blame anybody. This is a reflection. And this is why it's so powerful. She's coming from such a humble place. She just wants to share her story because she thinks people, patients included, because this patient skills thing puts, puts a lot of responsibility back on the patient, which I love in, in a way that, you know, we're always looking for feedback. Tell me how I suck. Tell me how I suck as a provider. Right? And she's putting these patient skills back on the patient. Yet we, as the provider, as the expert, as the person who knows how, who we can help and not help, have to give them those skills. She, she wants to know how do I behave as a patient? Because we shouldn't be wasting two to four years of people's lives in their journey with the physiotherapist. lost two to four years of her life because she had a physio who didn't match her journey. And she didn't know any better because she didn't know how it should go. She didn't have the patience to do it. And I'm gonna leave that right here. We're just gonna let that hang. And again, as I said, I'm gonna ask you to go back and listen to the, listen to the front desk series number five. So much of what I've shared with you, and I've, I've interjected a little bit, is why this fits so perfectly for the front desk. This patient skills, videos, links, everything. Everything that happens in phase two of your patient's life cycle with your business. If you do not understand your patient's life cycle, you will never fully help those people in your community who can be served by you. You will waste more time, money, and energy plugging in systems that you don't know how they fit into a journey. But you'll just keep buying them and plug them in and keep plugging away talk about non-compliant patients, talk about physical therapists who can't keep people on their schedule. Understand that journey first and then understand the work to be done when you go back and listen to number five, the work to be done before the potential patient arrives in your clinic. You're gonna hear that theme over and over and over in the front desk series number five, episode number 34. I want you to go back and listen to that now. I appreciate your time here. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you getting these take-homes because if you sat through all this, then you truly want to change where you are and change for the better in your community. I want you to go back and listen to number five. I want you to know I'm going to be on YouTube from here on out if you want to see the audio of this crazy guy. Um, but otherwise, still come to the same places to hear it. All right, all. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being part of the solution. If you could... If you've sat through all these and you get to the end of all these, God bless you. And if you ever have questions or concerns, just reach out to me. Instagram, <clears throat> Facebook Messenger, anywhere, and just say, hey, Jerry, I have some questions. Or I'm not quite sure what you meant about this. This stuff is deep. 
this episode, um, front desk series number five and number six together are fucking gold. It's gold. I didn't put her on there because I thought she could, you know, just pump up my beliefs and biases. I had no idea about her story. I read one blog post about Therapeutic Alliance. And I just knew she was someone who was willing to have a conversation. She had asked a lot of questions about, she had listened to some of my podcasts in the past and asked some questions. I said, well, we come on and chat. So thank you again to Tina. And uh, look in the show notes or, or I'll put them at the end of this one too, if you want to connect with her on Twitter. And on her blog, I'd recommend going through the blog. She's got some great stuff. And again, there's no judgment in anything she does. I can't think of a better person to engage in God, truth, change, and racism, and again, I'll leave it hanging here without wasting two or four years of someone's life on their journey with the physiotherapist. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Healthcare Disruption Podcast. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and write us a review. We'd love to uh, see your thoughts and opinions on this. And uh, if you really like what you heard, then why don't you subscribe so you make sure and get the uh, latest notifications every time we post a new episode. If you want to stay in touch with Jerry, make sure and head on over to jerrydurhampt.com and click on the stay in contact button. And I tend to hang out on Instagram at jerrydurhampt and Facebook at jerrydurhampt. Thank you for listening and we look forward to seeing you again. Bye-bye.